Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how's it going? Oh, man. I tell you, I, I love I love this podcast. I love the work that we do. Uh, and and I am, I'm just excited about this conversation that we're about to have. Uh, it may not be a sexy conversation for folks, but it is the conversations that we need to be having as church. Yeah. So I'll, Chris, I'll let you introduce this topic. Sure, sure. So um, before you uh, continue on with this, if you have young children listening in the car, you might wanna put on earmuffs. This uh, might be our only podcast ever rich, uh, uh, rated R or mature. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just joking with you guys on that, but, uh, no, we were going on a little rant before, um, uh, we hit record uh, recently. I started a Facebook group, uh, called the YM transfer. If you are not a part of it, um, you don't have to be in youth ministry, but it's all about, um, I wouldn't say administrative stuff, but basically it's about, um, you know, ideas, uh, that are for leadership and creativity, uh, that involve ministry. So you know, check it out, uh, YM Transfer uh, Facebook group. Um, and the reason I bring that up is, uh, you know, one of the things I mentioned to John is that I've been sharing a lot on there, but I, and people have been commenting on those uh, posts. But what I really want from that are people to ask questions and share their ideas, because I didn't just create this group for, for, for me to pontificate, but for me to also learn. And we talked about, it led into a conversation about administrative uh, topics not always being popular. And when we look at our stats uh, from this podcast, our stats, when we talk about evaluations and feedback and email are not the most popular as like the restored order or, you know, holistic ministry or children's ministry or, or something along those lines. And so uh, John then made a comment, um, which I can't uh, repeat here, but I will say it led us to the title of this podcast, which is churches need to get their administrative ships in order. Uh, because if you have a healthy ship, uh, you know, and a good captain, uh, you will fare, uh, you will make it through good seas and bad seas as well. So good churches get their administrative ship to, uh, together uh, before they start moving. Is that right, John? Yeah, th this is what we were reflecting on. You know, you already mentioned those are less popular topics on our podcast, which is fine. And I was talking about how like, okay, good, that's good feedback. <clears throat> the reality is church needs to hear about these topics um, regardless. So it may not be popular, but these are the things that we need to be talking about. Because as we were reflecting, Chris, when we look at the parishes that do well, and, and you and I have experience kind of nationally doing that, but even in our own experiences, right? I look at some of the par you know, one parish in particular that, that was growing, that was doing amazing things, that was really successful. And one of the reasons why is because they had management and leadership systems and structures in place that made it effective. And see, this is for me, this is why I kind of get off on this topic is because the reality is you want to have good pastoral ministry. You want to have good faith formation, good youth ministry, good liturgy, good small group ministry, good Bible studies, whatever it is. If you don't have a foundation in place to help it be successful, it's not going to be 
it's not going to thrive. Your parish is not going to thrive. And what is that foundation? That foundation is truly having this administrative stuff together and making it happen well. And so this is why we on the church podcast say, talk about all things ministry to help you do church better. And yes, it's the more attractive stuff like small groups and children ministry and whatever else. And at the same time, it is talking about this administrative these administrative management type of topics, you know, and, and I believe that honestly, our leaders in church, both lay and ordained need to spend more time and energy reflect on, you know, on these particular topics than they do, because I truly believe there will be a measurable difference in parishes and how we create missionary disciples. If we take care of this stuff and have this foundation. So John's really passionate about this topic. Um, you know, if uh, you, well, none of you can see him as he talks. He's like <laughs> talking directly into the microphone, not looking at me, but he is focused on the subject. <laughs> but before we dive even deeper, John, I think it's important for us to clarify is I think we can all agree that um, if you do not have Christ-centered or Christ-focused employees, that um, is definitely going to trump. Uh, any uh, administrative efforts that you make in your organization or in your parish. So we're not saying that this is more important that, you know, how you respond to emails is more important than whether you have a daily quiet time with, with Jesus, you know, but what we are saying is that we allow these small, like hard skills, these hard, tangible um, things that we need to do uh we, we allow them to break down and get in the way of us being able to be pastoral, right? Because how many times, John, I'm sure you can relate to this, but I've heard so many times people say, oh, I just feel like I have so many emails or I feel like I just have so much paperwork that I can't be pastoral, that I can't meet with that family or I'm looking through curriculum and I'm trying to plan the weekend that I, I, I can't be present for that family. Yet in the documents and all the research that we're hearing from what the Pope is saying, we need to get our administrative stuff together so that we can accompany other people so that we can be pastoral. And I think it's one of those things where we have to realize that now is the time we can't wait till next week or next year or next month or whatever. But now is the time where we have to stop what we're doing, put together some systems and structures, put together some processes, get our communication together so that we can move this ship forward. Agreed. And let me just go back to what you were saying about having Christ centered employees, being able to bring Christ centered employees on staff is also an administrative task, right? Because it's hiring, right? It's, it's a, your hiring structures in place. And again, hiring for instance, is not the most attractive thing to do, but is probably one of the most important things a leader in the church does is hiring. So, so even ha getting the right people on board, Chris, to your point is uh, a nature of this administrative arm, this administrative task of the things that we do. Look, here, here's the reality. When I'm working with parishes in different places across the country, there, there, there are lots of things that kind of surface to the top. Here are the pastoral ministry things that kind of surface to the top. Engaging families in liturgy. Okay, almost every parish uh, I talk with and work with wants to do those two things. But here are the other two things that often float to the top. Organizational leadership structures. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, that allow for efficient decision-making uh, processes that allow for priority making, right? Because the reality is a lot of our parishes, 
don't have any vision or direction, right? And so um, they just go off and do all sorts of things, which may be contrary, you know, what faith formation doing may be contrary to liturgy or whatever else may be going on. That's a, that's a leadership administrative function. So we spend time with parishes taking a look at that structure to be more effective. And here's the other thing, and you've already said it. This is the second topic that comes up that is very much administrative. It's communication and accountability, right? Those are the two things that surface, you know, and, and, and the reason we at Paris Success Group often spend time on this leadership administrative management type of thing is because exactly what we were saying early on, you've got to get your house in order first. And once your house is in order, engaging families, doing excellent liturgy becomes a whole lot easier. But to your point, Chris, that's not why a lot of us went into ministry. We went right. into ministry because we were excited about working with young people or we love liturgy or, or whatever it may be that, that's inspiring us. Um, and, and priests is the same way. And, and I've heard many, many guys tell me, that one of the things that lacked in their seminary formation is all the administrative stuff that they had to do. How do you actually lead a church, right? Yeah. You know, how yeah. do you do budgets and accounting? And, and that's a, an absent feature in, in many se- seminarians' life that is absolutely required, certainly if you're a pastor, but also required if you're a parochial vicar. Yeah, you know, and I think one of the biggest reasons why people either A, don't pursue it, or B, uh, give up on it, is because it takes time, you know? Like, I even think about this with with Marathon, um, and, and I've done this with youth ministry, but when I started Marathon Youth Ministry, the easiest part was going to uh, uh, the website to register the business, right? The hardest part is still going on, which is, formulating a vision, a game plan, a a value proposition, all those sort of things, right? And that's an ongoing process. But I wanted to right away start serving people with coaching and consulting and things like that. But if I couldn't put all those things together, I wouldn't have the funds or the ability to do what I wanted to do. It's the same thing with a parish. If you don't take the time, like especially if 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 you're a pastor and your staff is growing beyond, let's just say four people uh, underneath you, um, and you don't take the time to start putting in strategic leadership structures. Actually, forget that. You don't even need staff if you're volunteers. If you're not taking the time to sit down and say, okay, what does this hierarchical structure look like? And if you're afraid of hierarchy, then I, I got to wonder why you're in the Catholic church because we have hierarchy. You know, that's the <laughs> thing we get kind of blamed for all the time, right? So in the local church, what does that hierarchy look like? Who You're the pastor. But then who are the leaders of the leaders? Who are your managers? Who are your key volunteers? Who are your doers and your goers? Now, you don't have to like map something out for every single member of your parish, but you know, at least work with your parish council, work with your uh, incorporators, work with, um, you know, different committees and your staff, if you have a staff and create that structure. And then once you create that structure and put it down on paper and it looks pretty and nice, understand two things. One, it's probably going to change in real time because in real time things, you know, uh, things get messed up. Uh, people move on. People might not be equipped or ready for that. And two, no, it's going to take time. It is going to take time. Even if you have all the right people in the right places to develop the rapport, to develop the communication and the ability to 
really have healthy conflict and healthy communication so that you can grow as a parish and be the movement that you need to be. So I, I think those are like the, the two things that people have to be aware of when it comes to building that structure. Yeah, the structure is real key. And, and here's the thing. With the advent of technology and social media and, and, and just all the things that we have here in the 21st century, which, by the way, are all good, okay? Um, but one of the realities that's coming out of that is this desire for uh, everybody to have input, everybody to give feedback, everybody's voice to be heard, um, and, and, and in the process really create flat organizations, right? And there are are pastors and leaders out there who are are really drawn to the idea of of really flat hierarchical structures where uh, leadership is dispersed and and everybody has skin in the game and and has influence in the process. Okay, so there's merit to that idea and that's very much a response to where we're at today in the 21st century. People did not think like that in the 1950s and 60s, all right? So this is a shift that we have. But, but here's the thing. There is a whole group of, of organizational leadership sociologists and experts who believe, and I agree with them, that the hierarchies, organizational structures are the thing that has moved technology, that has moved society forward in, in the great ways that it has. And here is why. Because one person or a flat organization is not as powerful as a large group of people thinking together and making things happen. So we have what we've seen is is the dividing of labor, right? This was let's go back to Henry Ford, right? If people know their history, one of the things that Henry Ford was able to do, he's a besides invent you know the car and, and produce it for the masses, is that he created the division of labor in a way that allowed for the creation of cars to be much more effective. So instead of having one person put the entire car together and be an expert on the entire car, what he did is he had, this is where the assembly line came in, right? He said, one person is going to focus on the steering wheel, right? And these group of people are going to do that. The next people is going to focus on putting the steering wheel in the car, right? And the next person is going to focus on tires. Look, I don't know anything about cars, so I'm kind of worthless to talk about this. But what he revolutionized industry because he created this division of labor, which allowed for, believe it or not, more creativity and churning out more product, quote unquote, more technology, more innovation in a way that we could never do before. So let's, let's translate that into church. One of the major reasons that church has withstanded 2,000 years of craziness, both good and bad, is because of its hierarchical structure. So I am anti this view of saying hierarchies are bad. You know, that's just not the case. We have what we have today, both religiously and spiritually, and technology and, and, and innovation, because of hierarchical structures. Well, and we, and we see that even in the church, right? <clears throat> um, we see that in the early church, I mean, and, uh, you know, Jesus, he didn't go to all 12 disciples and say, you guys are the committee that I will build my church on. You know, he goes to Peter, right? He goes to Peter and, and he says, you are the rock uh, upon it. I will build my church. And, and then we see that later on in Acts chapter six, uh, 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 verse, um, you know, one through seven, 
when uh, a number of the disciples, uh, you know, started to complain because the widows were being neglected. And uh, so, you know, Peter calls together the disciples and they make a decision and they delegate and they say, well, we can't give up, um, you know, proclaiming the word. So let's find another group of, you know, young men who can go and care for the widows, you know. And, and so here is an example of leadership coming together, Peter, you know, making the decision, you know, delegating that and passing that on. So our church um, is founded on hierarchy too, because it's not like God is the people. God is God. and We're the church, you know. And so I, I think maybe we're going like a little bit far on the standard here, but like, uh <laughs> You know, the reality is that structure is important and, 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 and putting that structure into place is important. And you can be creative with that, but then what happens next, and this was what you had brought up, John, too, is communication. You know, and, and administratively, we have to know how we communicate and, and when and why we communicate about what we communicate. Yeah. Um, the other day I was at, uh, we were hold, holding a game night for our young adults uh, board game night. And, uh, this, uh, one young adult who, um, she, she, she does a lot of different things, but one of the things she does is, uh, uh she works on a team that, that sells like, uh, paternity, uh, maternity clothes and, and everything that, um, and she was saying, what are the, what, what ways do you guys communicate as a staff? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, do you use Slack? Do you use Trello? Do you use Basecamp? You know, and everything like that. And I was like, we use email and, if we're lucky, face-to-face uh, -face communication, you know, and this isn't to knock my church, but basically to her, her reaction was priceless because she was shocked that uh, churches aren't using these uh, communication tools um, that could help so many of us, you know, so many of us want to telecommute or need to be on the, on the, on the ground doing pastoral ministry. So we need these apps. We need these different communication tools. And so she was surprised that a ministry that's so, um, or an organization that's so organic, like the church that needs to be all over the place um, at so many different times was relying on, in her mind, an archaic form of communication that we call email. And so I think it's important for us to look at communication and decide on different ways that we communicate, what that looks like, who communicates to what, like, do I, if, if I'm not directly reporting to the pastor, how do I communicate to the pastor? Do I need to communicate to the pastor or do I go to my supervisor and how does my supervisor um, share information from the pastor to me? And if you're not intentional and create a plan for that stuff, that's where communication breakdown happens. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is the reality is, 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 the the our culture that we're in in terms of church is that everybody should have access to the pastor the pastor should know everybody in the church community right that type of thinking is so limited you know uh, you know because the reality is as our churches grow like here i know in different parts of the country church sizes are different but here in las vegas for instance our parish is, is incredibly large, and that's a lot of it we've talked about before, a lot of migration here from lots of different places, California, the East Coast, wherever. But we have large parishes, and, and it would be absolutely unrealistic for my pastor, Father Jim, to, to connect with absolutely everybody. And, you know, he's, he's set that stage. He has set that standard. You know, and, and this is where the hierarchical structures really come into place, right? It's like, how do we communicate to people, you know? Um, and, and we got to go through the right channels. Now, what ends up happening, Chris, and you've seen this too, is that if, say, say a volunteer comes to you, Chris, and he's, he's one of your volunteers and has an idea, and, 
and you maybe poo-poo the idea or you don't think it's the right time or whatever, right? I know you've never done that, Chris. Never poo-poo an idea, <laughs> right? Uh, never. All good leaders poo-poo ideas from time to time, okay? Uh, but what ends up happening, Chris, and you've seen this, I've seen this, is that that volunteer goes, well, whatever, I'll just go around Chris and go talk to the pastor or his supervisor or whatever, which is super unhealthy to do. Uh, and by the way, um, is you, you, if you're a pastor or a leader that allows that to happen, you are uh, really doing a disservice to your parish to make, you know, in making that happen. But yeah, you know, Slack, for instance, I think is a really interesting tool. I've heard a lot of people talk about Slack as a communication tool, and we're not going to go into communication directly you know, here, maybe, maybe Chris, we need to dedicate a whole podcast to that someday. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but, but I don't know a lot about Slack, but I, I do hear about it all the time as kind of this effective tool. Um, and, and to say this really is, I think it's important to know that when we, when we're looking at business practices or management practices or leadership practices, sometimes the pushback that we get, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is the church is not a business. Okay. Yes. The church is not a business uh, in the sense that, you know, we're dealing with spiritual formation and discipleship and whatnot, but there are lots of things that we can learn from business and leadership practices that we should be implementing in what we do. And that's the caveat I always give, you know, it's like, just because we're not a business doesn't mean we have nothing to learn from corporate structures or whatnot. Again, going back to the idea that the church in its entirety is a corporate structure from everything from the Vatican on down to the USCCB, to the, to the diet, diocesan level bishops, to the parishes, that is a corporate structure. And it's one of the biggest corporate structures, if not the biggest in the entire world, beats out Cisco, probably no problem. Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, although Amazon's catching up, right? No, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. And um, again, we're not devaluing pastoral ministry. What we're talking about is you get the stuff together and you're able to, um, you're able to do the things that, that you want to do. You're able to get um, things uh, done and everything. And so, yeah, the big ones, again, are your staff structure, uh, your communication um, systems and structures. Um, and, and John, you mentioned this one as well, your hiring process and, and something we talked about recently on the podcast, your evaluation system, you know, um, or another way of, of looking at it too is how you, you know, care for your staff, your employees, your, your volunteers. Um, in fact, I believe that uh, one of the biggest obstacles um, to us doing ministry is the fact that we do not um, get the right people on the team or we deal with, uh, you know, so many poor volunteers. In fact, Michael Mershon and I were on the CYM Live, um, our Facebook um, show, and the question we asked for the day was, uh, do you say yes to volunteers if you're desperate? You know, like, uh, uh, do you say yes to anyone who, who wants to volunteer? And I've been burned so many times when I've said yes out of desperation. Um, you know, I, I can't think of, um, I can think of more people I said yes to out of desperation that didn't work out than did work out. Um, and that's because I didn't take the time to sit down and interview them and, you know, get a little bit of their background and, um, and then when they got into the system, there, there wasn't a, a great evaluation system set up uh, to evaluate them and to talk to them about that. And even if there was, we didn't talk about it during the interview process because there wasn't an interview process. And this is volunteers. I mean, when it comes to staff, if you're just putting a, a, 
a job application out there and you're just going off of a gut from a resume and not really sitting down to talk about like, okay, who are we looking for? And then how are we going to, um, how are we going to welcome them aboard and how are we going to invest and evaluate them and, and, you know, encourage them to, to grow to who we need them to be, then you're just going to find yourself in a mess. And if you're not conflict, uh, you know, if, if you hate conflict, which I don't think anyone really loves conflict, but if you're really adverse to conflict, you're going to find yourself in a very, very difficult and painful situation as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, there was this, this tweet today that I responded to on Twitter today, the recording of this, which whatever today is, but Chris Mueller, who is I think from Everyday Catholics, he said, Dear parish leaders, keeping someone on staff who is obviously bad at their job is a great way to demotivate the rest of the staff and parishioners that have to put up with it. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that wholeheartedly to the point that I retweeted it and said, or worse, causes all the good people to leave until all you have left is a super dysfunctional parish that thinks it's functional. Mm, yeah. and, and, and that, again, you know, if we're looking at the long game, the long road here is that if we're looking to, to create disciples who love Christ and are part of the community, well, then we have to address those points of conflict, as, as Chris was saying mm-hmm. on this tweet and I responded to, is we have to address that and can't be shy. Uh, to, and we can't avoid that stuff. Here's a couple, couple tools that I want to share that, that, uh, that I think are important and I think are a good resource. First of all, I've mentioned this in previous podcasts before, but I think anybody in ministry should be listening to this podcast. It's called Manager Tools. You know, and we referenced in the last few episodes, so much of what I've learned about management and the administrative stuff of things, I learned from manager tools. Uh, and again, these are uh, two army guys who worked in corporations and they do a lot of coaching and consulting across the country. Uh, <clears throat> really excellent podcast, you know, and that's a great way to get this skill up. So I don't care if you're the pastor, the director of faith formation, the business manager, the liturgy director, you're going to learn something from manager tools. And I really, I highly, highly, highly encourage it. Uh, I just think that's a really great place to start if you're looking to try to develop some of these skills. Yeah. And I, I would add, add on to that uh, Fred Pryor seminars and training um, there at Pryor Learning Solutions. They, they go around the country and they talk about anything from, um, you know, management to uh, payroll to things along those lines. So, um, you know, if you're in pastoral ministry, there's stuff for you there and you can apply managing your team to managing your volunteers. Um, and, um, I think any kind of management training that you can learn is good. And my wife will agree with this. Uh, um, she being in HR is that not everyone is born to be a manager. Um, but you can learn basic management principles so that you're not a train wreck, you know, and, um, and I mean, yeah, we've got to learn better management skills because, that, that, that tweet that you mentioned from Chris Mueller, like could not be more true. I've seen that so many times where one bad hire, you know, it's like, what, what's the phrase? One rotten apple spoils a bunch. So, you know, and it's, it's so true. And if you don't address that and address that soon, then it's gonna, it's, it, it that's hard to bounce back from. Yeah, absolutely. One more resource that I would like to share, Chris, and, and this is more, this tool is more, it's a book, but it's more of an encyclopedia than it is a book that you read all the way through. But it, it's called, It's the Manager. And we'll link to it uh, on our show notes, episode 98. Uh, uh, you just go to churchpodcast.org. We'll have these links on there. 
but it's the manager and it's from Gallup and basically Gallup organization, uh, which of course is well known for its research of, of corporations and leadership and business basically has come to the conclusion analyzing over 50 years of data that the one thing, you know, that makes the biggest difference in terms of successful organizations is the manager. Hence the title, it's the manager. And so literally what they've done is created short little snippets, short little chapters, honestly, two, three pages max. They're great. There's a ton of chapters in it, you know, but they're short. Um, <clears throat> that almost serves as a compendium of, of how do you respond to certain situations, you know? And so I highly recommend it. It's a really good book. And again, I think it's encyclopedic in nature. It's something you have on your shelf and you pull out and resource on a regular basis. It's the manager. Again, with the caveat that, you want to keep good people, it's about management. You want to make money in an organization, it's about management. So I will say, you want to create intentional disciples, it's about management. And that's what this research is basically saying. And by the way, this research is not just for, from for-profit corporations, but they, they do uh, non-profit corporations as well, which of course are much more mission-oriented, just like the churches. Uh, and so it does, it does that cross-section of, of fields and services. So... Bottom line, get your ship together. So, uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I, so much more we could talk about. And we uh, thank everyone for listening to this little rant of John and I, uh, but um, <laughs> it's true. I mean, we just want to see you guys succeed. We want to see churches succeed. And so don't ignore the administrative stuff. Don't rush it away and get caught up in uh, just the busyness of life. Uh, make sure you have that um, all together. And uh, that's what we do with Parish Success Group and Marathon Youth Ministry. And so, John, if people want to reach you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, reach out. Go to parishsuccessgroup.com. All of our information is there if you want to find out more of what we do. Again, ultimately, as I mentioned before, this organization, this administrative stuff often floats to the top of some of the priorities that we end up working on with parishes as we, we engage in long-term coaching uh, relationships and contracts. Uh, and, and, and just so you know, uh, typically those are our 12-month types of relationships. And, and so if you're interested in learning more about how we do about coaching, um, you know, we do on-site coaching face-to-face uh, and because we have to be on the ground to see it happen, to, to see what the reality is of the parish, reach out to me, parishsuccessgroup.com. would love to chat with you a little bit more about what it is that we do uh, and how we can help you uh, organize yourselves better as a parish to, again, focus in on the mission. So parishsuccessgroup.com or look at me at Twitter at John Ronaldo. And you can find me at MarathonYouthMinistry.com or on uh, social media at Marathon Youth Ministry. And basically, um, yeah, same thing. If, if you're uh, looking to uh, get professional development as a, an employee of the church or a diocese or, you know, if you're a diocesan director looking to, um, you know, help your, uh, the, the men and women you're shepherding, uh, you know, embrace uh, basic leadership principles and professional and personal development uh, let us know give us a shoot us an email and uh, reach out to us on social media and we'd love to partner with you as well but for all things with the church podcast go to the churchpodcast.org any questions or comments you have shoot them to us at questions at the churchpodcast.org definitely subscribe to us on itunes if you haven't already and uh, leave a comment let us know how we're doing and maybe some of the administrative ship we need to get done all right anyway Enough fun with that word. John, will you close us in prayer? I will with one final comment, if I could. Go for it. 
We know, as we mentioned before, these administrative topics, management topics, aren't the most popular in our feed, but I'm going to say it again. The reality is we're going to keep talking about it because we know that this is what the church needs and we're going to keep at it. Uh, and, and so I hope you continue to bear with us as a listener as we talk about this stuff because these topics are game changers. Uh, I, I'm convinced of that and we'll continue to break them open uh, over the years um, as we go along in this podcast. So that's my final thought on this. Chris, I will now lead us in prayer. Awesome. <laughs> in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for an opportunity to be on this podcast together. Continue to just pray over all of those who are listening uh, to the church podcast, Lord. Continue to bless their ministry. Be with them. Help them thrive. Help them succeed so that the people that they minister to come to know you more fully and more intentionally, Lord. Lord, help us all to continue to be learners on this journey, whether we're, we're young in ministry or we're veteran in ministry. May we continue to learn and grow and not be afraid to try new things, to innovate again for your kingdom. Lord, send your spirit upon us to inspire us and to make this happen. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.